What's your mom? A working mom. And what did she write? The working the mom. The working mom blueprint. blueprint. And what should they do? Go buy, buy it today. The Working Mom Blueprint is now available wherever books are sold. Go grab it for yourself, for a friend, for a sister, for a colleague, so we can help working moms, all moms, to thrive, not just survive on their motherhood journey. Mm Welcome to the Modern Mommy Dog Podcast. I'm Dr. Whitney Caceres. I'm a full-time pediatrician and a full-time modern mom. I speak and write about equipping mamas to raise resilient, healthy children and to invest in their own social-emotional health along the way. Each week, we'll give you the practical tools you need to win at parenting without losing yourself. Hey mamas, welcome back to the Modern Mommy Doc Podcast. This week I have a very special guest, none other than my husband, Mr. Scott Caceres. Scott, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Whitney. It's great to be here. (laughs) Dork. Okay, so here's the deal. Scott hasn't been on the podcast, but I asked him to be on it because I wanted him to talk with me about marriage and relationships and parenting and how we do life as two working people who've been together for how long? Two? No, 21 years. 21 years. And we've been married for what, 16 years? 17? There you go. See, he keeps my math straight. It's good. Anyway, because you guys know, we talk all about parenting in equity and trying to balance out the mental load with your partner, but it's one thing for me to put up funny Instagram posts that Scott doesn't like and to talk about stuff on the blog. It's another thing to have his perspective here. And to be specific, it's more of the ones that make fun of me, the blog posts, not in the Instagram posts versus everything else. I am okay with everything else. Just nothing that makes fun of me. Fair enough. Okay, so here's what we're going to do today. We're going to try to just be honest with you guys. We are not relationship coaches, far from it. We are not experts on like how exactly you should be doing this in your own relationship, but we have been doing this for a long time, relatively successfully, and with a pretty challenging kiddo and with two kids now, five-year-old and an eight-year-old. And there are some things that have worked well for us and some things we found to be really challenging that we're still working on. So I think you guys will find some camaraderie in both of those parts. So, okay, Scott, I want to ask you first what you think has been one or two of the most challenging parts of both of us being in the working world and also trying to parent together. For the working world, I would say scheduling time, not just to get everything done with the family, but also to get everything done with our desires or wants to do, whether that be for me playing golf, for you working out, or for us as a couple to be able to do like a 
you know, fun date night. That would be probably the and scheduling around life just to get everything and everyone where they need to get to. And then as parents, I would say trying to be consistent in our messaging because I grew up in a household that was a little bit more authoritarian and you did not necessarily. And so when it comes down to that communication with the kids, making sure that our communication is consistent and that we are kind of coming from a similar place because that's not always easy. Yeah, I think that's true. I also think when we got married, I mean, I remember we did premarital counseling, but none of it was, of course, because it was years before we had kids. None of it was about how do we communicate in a way that's actually going to be helpful when we have really tough decisions we need to make. And I think it might have been easier if we had maybe a kid who didn't need a lot of tough parenting decisions all the time, if maybe she'd been a little more straightforward. But I think it's been challenging sometimes because sometimes it's hard to even know what is the right thing to do. So figuring out how to talk with each other about it has been really critical and also really hard. Yeah, no, I think that making sure that our conversations are constructive as well between each other, like sometimes it can be not necessarily the most smooth and and constructive criticism and communication. So I think that having that is, has in our, you know, multiple experiences with family counseling and, and marriage counseling, that kind of stuff, just making sure that, you know, those communication lines are, that stay open and that we're making sure that we can be as helpful as possible with our communication. Okay. So clearly you don't speak for all men everywhere, all male partners everywhere, but from your own experience, what are the things that you think have made it even more difficult to hear me? Like what are the things that I say or that I do that in the past we'll say, because now I'm so evolved that in the past have made it difficult for you to hear the message that I'm trying to give you around parenting or around my needs? What are the things that kind of turn you off in terms of being able to hear me? I think that prior to probably two or three years ago, it was hearing what you were saying, even though the way you were saying it was aggravating, which was more like, hey, could you maybe, and then like, or like very indirectly asking me to do something. And I'm somebody who probably needs more direct discussion or direct uh, directed directions, directives in order to make, you know, me understand what you're trying to get at. So I was probably and I'm sure I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure that there are a lot of people, men particularly out there that have the same situation. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because most women, I think they might be thinking if they're more direct, that actually might not get them the help they need, that that might come across as too aggressive. So that's interesting that it's almost counterintuitively what we actually need to be doing more of is being more businesslike or more direct. Okay. What about things that you think have been really helpful that we've done to try to make it so our relationship is as good as it can be? I think, hands down the one of the best things we've ever done is like the marriage counseling. That's one thing. And not just from a marriage perspective, but from a communication perspective and how we can talk the way that our past has colored our, 
you know, present and will continue to probably color our future, but having that at least understanding of, of what it is that we are trying to say and how we're saying it and having that respect for what people are trying to say. But then also I think that when we do things that are like fun together, like that's one of the things that's probably the more helpful in breaking down barriers and walls, things that we can, you know, whether it be you teaching me something, me teaching you something or us doing something kind of novel together. Traveling's always been a good one for us. Go someplace we've never been or me trying to teach you golf, you know, <laughs> back in the early days of our marriage. And successfully. <laughs> <laughs> but still, like that was actually a lot of fun and it was it it, you know, made it so that we had that, you know, opportunity to to communicate and connect and and yeah, I think that just being there for one another and and having those kind of experiences are have been crucial to our ability to kind of communicate better or just to to be able to engage with one another constructively yeah it's been kind of funny too as we're growing up right we're both you're 41 i'm 40 and we i think used to really feel like every single time we did something we had to go big or go home like make it so we're capitalizing on it as much as possible and almost like this scarcity mentality, probably because when our kids were little, we didn't have as many chances to go away and be by ourselves. But we just went to Vegas for a conference that I had to be at. And Scott came for one night and we had all these plans. We're going to go maybe to go see a show or go out to a club and like act like we're 21 and be dancing and all this stuff. And then it came to it. We had dinner nine o'clock right it was eight forty-five, to be correct <laughs> it's eight forty-five, and we decided just looked at each other and decided that the best thing we could do at that moment is just to go back to the hotel room and not even do anything just lie there and watch saturday night live literally fell asleep yeah by nine thirty. So. it was glorious no it was spectacular and that look that you gave me across the table and that wasn't like a like come hither look it was more of a I've seen that look before and it means that we are doing nothing but going to bed. Look, it brought a smile to my face because I was thinking that, but I didn't want to be the Debbie Downer of the, of the weekend, but that was pretty spectacular. I'm not going to lie. You know how like in high school you could join different clubs depending on your interests or things people were into? I wasn't really that much of a club person when I was younger, but these days it feels like having a tribe of other working moms around me is so, so valuable. And it's hard to do in real life because we're all scattered and busy and have our separate lives. We have designed the Modern Mamas Club to be that club, that tribe, that support network for you. And we didn't want it just to be about what are the ways we can help you to be an awesome professional or what are the ways we can help you to be an awesome mom, but also what are the ways we can help you to remember who you are as an individual person? Voila, welcome. The Modern Mamas Club is on the scene. It's a community of mamas to support you, 24 access to our video library, 
live events, workshops, hangouts, relatable mom rooms and discussions, and a resource library and recommendations from yours truly, Dr. Whitney. Go check it out at modernmommydoc.com. That's why people talk about doing date nights all the time, you know, like once a week date nights. And we don't always get to that. And there's definitely been times financially that we haven't been able to afford that. But I think that's why people talk about having that regular cadence is so that it doesn't feel so precious in those moments. And you don't feel like this is the only chance I get. So I have to make it amazing. It gives you maybe the space to be able to just relax into it and talk more. One thing we've been working on too, I want to hear how you think it's going, but is doing these regular weekly check-ins where we're every Wednesday spending supposed to be 15 minutes. I feel like it usually lasts more like five minutes, but 15 minutes where we're kind of going through what needs to get done, what we want to get done, connecting. Do you think they've been helpful? Yeah, I think they have been. I think it's one of those situations where I'm somebody who has plans, but I don't necessarily communicate them, especially when they revolve around me wanting to do something, whether I go to go to a game or hang out with some friends or, you know, do something like that. And so for us to be able to discuss what it is that we are hoping to get out of the weekend or the rest of the week or what we have to do for work for the kids and also trying to schedule around having other people in our lives helping with the kids like that is completely and utterly like ridiculous that we haven't done it yet up until like, I don't know, six months ago. I mean, in some ways we were doing it, but a lot of ways it was more of a frustration out of frustration that we were doing it. So I think that now that we're doing it in a much more constructive and, you know, some might say less than spontaneous, but really regulated and, and, scheduled out thing. It's been, it's been spectacular. And I think it's, there's not so much you need to do for 15 minutes much as versus us being able to say, this is what we need to get done. So I'm not sure 15 minutes is, you know, the crucial timeline, but just making sure that everyone is on the same page because there's times when you're working on the weekends and I didn't realize it's coming up or where, you know, I've got plans during the week or, you know, I got to get some work done that are, that will help make everyone on in, on the same page. So that's been really good. Yeah. And I have shared with our couple therapists. I think part of the reason that I felt like I really needed that was because I sometimes felt like if this is supposed to be a moment that we're having a good time together on a date or even on a vacation, it's like, that's the only time we had together. So then I'd fill it with a bunch of tasks we needed to, to talk do's. about or to yeah. do's. Yeah. But then I would get all nervous. And then if you brought up stuff that was like that, I'd be kind of irritated and you'd be kind of irritated. So it feels like this separates it out a little bit. Yeah. And I think that it was, you're coming at it from a place of, okay, we scheduled this out in order to talk. So we don't get that frustrated because there's no reason to get frustrated about stuff that is going to happen anyway. It's just a matter of being able to have it framed and in a way of, you know, kind of palatable for everybody. What would you say to men who have a wife who is going back to work after maternity leave, after having a new baby, any things you feel like you learned maybe once we had our second kid about what worked well for us to divide up 
responsibilities or just to be supportive to each other? Well, I think the first thing is that if you have a kid who, you know, and your wife is going back to work and it's the first child, just knowing how completely and utterly like disruptive going back to work is to the family, you know, whether that be three weeks, three days, you know, which, you know, three days is probably unheard of, but, you know, six weeks, 12 weeks, six months, a year, if you're lucky, or going back to work. But when it comes down to like going back to work, what that does to not just your family, but also to your, to your partner, because it is not necessarily a place that they want to be. It's a place that they need to be. So understanding that there's a, there's a divide, it's kind of a disruption or a, a feeling of being pulled in two directions that is not something that you can necessarily make better. You just have to help them through it. And so the more you can help them with the other stuff that is in life, you know, the things that it's, you know, you're going to be doing feedings and that kind of stuff, diapers, that kind of stuff anyway. But when it comes down to the extra things, you just got to be able to take up that, bear that cross, that burden, because there's so many other things that are going on. And it's not just going back to work. It's the pumping. It's the the scheduling. It's the other type of, you know, social stuff that goes on with being at work while you're a mom that, you you know, your wife will come home crying because somebody said something and it's not necessarily something that HR could address, but it's just something that, you know, your partner is going to be super self-conscious about and, or something happened where some, some baby started crying and all of a sudden you've got an issue where your, you know, <laughs> your wife's leaking all over the place. And it's not one of those situations that it's like, that sucks, but it's also a situation where you can't help. And so you just have to be able to, do what you can on in the places where you can help because there's so much other emotional and psychological kind of stress that goes on that is not associated with work at all. No, I think that's true. I think it's a lot of the emotional support and then learning how to be kind of the, either the soother in chief or the diaper in chief or the swaddler in chief, like whatever it's going to be that you have something that you're kind of the number one in charge of in the house, because I just remember feeling so like fully in charge of the feeding and making sure that it went well. And I think now we also like have different things that we give each other. Like, I think one of the biggest things that we offer both of us, each other is like reminders of acceptance of like, this is the way it is, you know, (laughs) with our kids where we're like, like we take turns yesterday. I was in a tizzy you're like, you're acting like I get, you need to go take a break, you know? And I just went for a walk by myself for like an hour. You probably were wondering if I was going to come back because it was relatively dark by the time I got home. It was actually really dark. And the girls kept asking and I said, well, she's coming home when she comes home. As I'm like trying to track your phone as we go, but then you left it here. So there's no way to get a hold of you. So that's probably, a, that was probably, that was fun. That's probably thought through it pretty well on your part. It was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Point is that you are good at being like calling it like it is. And I think I am the same way for you. And I think that's probably one of the biggest 
ways you could be supportive to your partner. And then I think the other thing that I've been appreciative of, let me give you like love fest moment for a second for the last two minutes of our discussion together. Wow. <laughs> You're welcome. No, has been, I think like all the stuff I've done with modern mommy doc, doing something that's on the fringe or a side gig thing from my main physician job that I had that in the beginning, nobody knew, including myself, it would, it would actually amount to anything. Like it was Mm -hmm. just a passion project and something I really cared about and something I felt in my heart, like moms need this. And that's the thing I'm supposed to do. And I remember there was one night where I hadn't made any money. In fact, I lost money. We lost money for a lot of years on this. And where I was crying and like, I've just wasted everything. And you said something to the effect of, yeah, but you're so much happier than you were before now that you have this. And just think as a partner who's supporting a working mom, who's trying to kind of do her thing and follow her dream for lack of a better word (laughs) or phrase. That meant the world to me when I said that for you to say like, it's just money. If you're, if it's making you happy and you're doing the thing you want to do, like, yeah, let's not go bankrupt, but it's just money. Like it's okay. And I'm, I'm happy that you're doing the thing that's making you happy. Yeah. I mean, I think that when you see your partner struggle, not, you know, professionally, but when you see struggle, like, you know, being feeling like you want to be one place and they are, they, you know, are, they can't be, whether that be with kids and, you know, going back to work or whether that be with doing one job and, and wanting to do something else, or at least kind of feeling like there's something else that's kind of calling you. I think that it's, it's tough to, it's tough to see that. But when you realize how happy the other thing makes you, there's, there obviously are really significant social and you know economic issues that we have to deal with. But when it comes down to it, like I'd rather be with a woman who is happy and enjoys her life than to be with someone who just, you know, we've talked about it before, but it's like, Hey, just get to Friday and then we can do what we want to uh, on the weekends and then, you know, start it over. It's like, that's, that's not a way to, it's not living and it's not a way to really show your kids how to live because, you know, we want our kids, we want to have our kids, you know, model good stuff for our children and, and having somebody who is very helpful, uh, very happy and very hopeful in, you know, what they do and, and how they do it is I think probably the, best thing you can do yeah well i realize that you're a podcasting newbie but i feel like you did a really nice job explaining things for all the moms out there and their partners who i'm sure are listening to well thank you i i struggle to talk sometimes and say things but i had a (laughs) really fun time i hope that this will happen again maybe not sometime soon but sometimes in the near in the the near future Mm -hmm. yeah okay thank you for being such a wonderful host (laughs) Yes, hostess and host. (laughs) Always. I love you. Love you too. Hey, Mama. If you want more of the Modern Mommy Doc podcast, make sure that you click subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. 
We'd also be so honored if you shared with your friends and on social media with the hashtag modern mommy doc. If you share about something that inspired you or that you learned from the podcast, we'll be sure to share it on our social media as well. Thanks for listening.